Hello and welcome to a Thursday episode of the State of the Nova Nation. I'm Eugene Rappet. He's Chris Danziel. Not exactly the 24-hour digest it and think about it and reflect upon it. But Chris, I'd say six, seven hours. That's enough. That's enough. You know, we didn't sleep much last night, but uh, I, no. think, I think we've collected ourselves. Uh, not really. I mean, make us stay up that late and then <laughs> try out a performance like that. Wow. I'm actually impressed as to how bad it was. And the funny thing is, this happens to us every year, Eugene. We always get into the middle of the season, you know, running on a good win streak or whatnot. We're like, all right, this team could beat anybody. Give us Gonzaga. Give us Baylor. Give us everyone in the world. And then <laughs> and then we forget that, like, you got a 9 o'clock game against St. John's, and uh, you probably had one of the worst perf- performances I have seen in, in quite some time. That was oof. Oof, that was just ugly on the offensive end, especially. Wow. And look, I'm not going to take anything away from St. John's. Props to them yeah. in, every, yeah. in every category. We will get to that. But man, oh man, number three team in the nation. We were claiming the fan base wanted Gonzaga. The media wanted Gonzaga. We can't even beat St. John's at Carnesec. Chris, before last night's game, I was preparing the outline. And I was like, when we go on the air on Thursday, we are going to complain, complain, complain about how it's not Gonzaga this weekend. Give us the top dog. Let us rip. Let us get a shot at the big boys and let's see what's what we're worth. After that, ooh, I'm kind of glad no. that uh, <laughs> we didn't record or anything ahead of time. Glad we didn't no. do that. No, no, we, no. we, uh, we never we do that. Yeah, let the game play out. Looks like we're going to have a, a lot more work to do. A little, a little bit more work to do. Oh, a little bit more. Yeah, Eugene. And you mentioned to me right before we hopped on that maybe this is the kick in the butt they need. You know, the Seton Hall loss of the Big East tournament in 2016, you know, that type of loss to kind of spur this team and get them going. And part of me is like, it's freaking February, so let's calm down at the same time. However, they do have a lot to clean up, though. They're, uh, this game revealed a lot. They can't handle the press. The ball movement, for some reason, is just not there anymore. They seem to be afraid to go to the basket. And when they do get there, they seem to forget what to do. And it's clear as day. And this has been the theme for since we stepped foot on campus, Eugene. If the three-pointers are not going down, they are not going to win. Sleeping in the streets. This was a sleep in the streets game. And, of course, it had to be at 9 o'clock and keep us up till almost the crack of dawn. It felt like. I will put one bit of silver lining, and this is shout-outs to Aileen McBride, one of our VU Hoops writers. But after the loss last night, she pointed out how the last time we lost St. John's, random upset in, on February midweek 2018. <laughs> you know what happened last time? And we were probably panicking worse back then. We were probably – I think we came to the show ready to record was- and just set torch to everything. That was actually a technical difficulties episode, Eugene. I remember that vividly because you both wanted to come on this show and wanted to destroy them, but I think our computers did us a favor and lost all the data. <laughs> yeah, we, <laughs> and we lost recorded the recording. it, and then, yeah, they just they deleted it and, and prevented us from embarrassing ourselves. Very much so, because you could bring up those tapes and you could be like, why would you ever think about this, about the 1718 team? You guys are fools. So, uh, yeah, I guess, I guess in that regard, there is a trend there. But do remember, Eugene, we were also at a game which Villanova choked a game at at St. John's in the 18-19 season. And we all know how that season went. So uh, that, that, one, that one was, you know, it was a test run. It was a little test year. A... It, it was. It was. But, you know, they did blow a 16 or 19 point halftime lead, whatever the heck it was at that time. And, yeah, so they've lost two of three to St. John's on the road. That's 
pretty wild to think about, especially St. John's, which has not been exactly the best team in the past years. No, no, but they did come in to last night hot. As you mentioned last they time out, we, they had that four-game winning streak. They came in, and Chris, I know we highlighted the press. I know we highlighted 40 minutes of hell, and that's exactly what mm-hmm. that was. I'm sure it was fun for a St. John's fan, but that was, wow. First trip to Karnaseka under Jay Wright, and I already want to forget it. 70-59, to <laughs> 59, your final score. Excellent game from Posh Alexander. He was just such a, a two-way catalyst for the Johnnies. Finished with a team-high 16 points. Also had four rebounds, six assists. And it felt like he should have had a bunch more steals. I don't know about that. Yeah. Julian Champagne, kind of a no-show for most of the game. But he came strong at the end. 14 points, 13 rebounds, double-double. Vince Cole adding 12 points on the Nova side. Where to begin? Where to begin? <laughs> The turnover is obviously pops out at you. 17 overall, the most that Nova's given up this year. And for a team that has done a great job at taking care of the ball, after the way the first half went, I had a feeling, Chris, it was going to be a long one. Yeah, it was trending that way, especially since Villanova went up early at first. And you're like, all right, probably coast in this. Not, maybe not necessarily coast, but we could take it a little bit easy. We won't have to worry a bit. And then lead started slipping. Some open shots were being made. Some of the St. John shots that were highly contested started going in. And you're like, uh-oh, it's going to be one of those nights, isn't it? And it turned into one of those nights. <laughs> My gosh. The, the 17 turnovers, though, Eugene, as you highlighted, that's that's the problem. I mean, the, on top of various other things. But that that's probably the biggest culprit of the game. I mean, Colin had six turnovers. And we'll, we'll get into a dissection of him after literally last episode giving him every possible accolade I and hyping him up. We both did. We, we both did. We both did saying he had a better offensive rating than our arch and Jalen's best season ever. Mikhail, Mikhail's best season. And it all goes away in literally one game. So, and the turnovers were very, they're all, some of them are on force. Some of them weren't like you had the one that to Justin Moore when they were trying to get, get the lead under 10 and he just throws it like across the court and like Justin Moore's like sort of paying attention and he's not ready for it and the pass goes out of bounds. Then you had a couple that were in the backcourt and just got stripped. He, also, you had a lot of a couple of 10-second violations. I don't know who they attribute those turnovers to, but man, if you're going to turn the ball over six times too, you got to hit some shots. And Colin, he took eight threes and missed all of them. And they were, all, for the most part, all open. And I don't know what it is, but my brother pointed this out to me, but Colin Gillespie seems to have a knack for making the hard shots and missing the easy ones. And uh, it was on full display. Like we talked about last time, you can't give St. John's those turnovers. You can't give them the freebies. You can't give them the easy points. They took 17 of those turnovers and converted it into 19 points. For a team that doesn't turn the ball over too much, it looked like Nova got a little shell-shocked. Like you mentioned, Chris, Mm -hmm. I mean, no inbounding problems, which is great, but I would have never guessed I would have anxiety over getting the ball left past midcourt. Yeah, that was like it was, <laughs> was, like, it was wow, so is, weird. Yeah, give us some space. Six six feet social distancing, please, <laughs> please. Yeah, why couldn't we adhere to the laws now? But yeah, like you had, I said on the last show, I have the faith in Colin and Justin Moore to bring the ball up because I watched that game against Marquette, where St. John's played Marquette, and Pasha Alexander was giving whoever the Marquette guards were trouble. But I'm like, all right, this is it's Marquette's guys. Like they're good, but they're not 
they're not Colin Gillespie or Justin Moore. Like, I feel like, you know, talent would eventually, the talent discrepancy there would eventually favor Villanova. But man, pa- Pasha Alexander was on one. He, he wasn't giving them any space. And, and I'm not just saying him, like that, that whole trap, we severely, severely underrated that trap, severely underrated the pressure. And it was in the press. And I think they said on the broadcast that Jay Wright even admitted that they just started practicing against the press for the first time all year last week. And it, it seemed that way. It was definitely a tough one. Nova had a hard time getting itself going, putting aside the turnovers, just a rough day at the office, 32.3% shooting total for the entire game from the three point line. Like we said before, sleeping in the streets, eight for 30 from deep, only a 26.7% clip flip side though. St. John's that's a, you know, I felt like the three point percentages were reversed. You had St. John's knocking down over 40% of their threes and, they're usually not a great three-point shooting team. It was a bizarre night. It was. It was. And like I said earlier, like some of their shots they were taking, St. John's I'm referring to, they were going in and I'm just like, what? Like they're not supposed to be making those. Like and some, <laughs> and most of them were contested. I'm like, come on, guys. Like how is this How is this happening? Cole went off. He went four of seven. Champagne was doing nothing all game, like you said, but he delivered the daggers at the end, of course. Like even Posh Alexander was like taking step back three he checked shots and I'm like, Oh God, <laughs> as, as when you knew <laughs> this game was, uh, was going to be a problem. And at a Wusu, he had a great game against Marquette. And I think I failed to mention him in the preview and shame on me for that because he, he also delivered a casual nine point, points off the bench and it was just, and he was, was a pretty big factor. Yeah. Especially defensively too. I mean, all the, yeah. just all, everyone on that team though, I give them credit. Like, yeah, Nova had open shots. Yeah, it had shots I normally take, but you got to credit St. John's here. They were just suffocating. They sped Nova up. Nova did not look comfortable outside of a few spurts late in the game where they gave me a little bit of hope. I thought it was going to happen. Swider hits a three. Then we get a turnover. And all Mm -hmm. of a sudden, looks like Nova might put together one last run. Gillespie turns the ball over. And then, yeah, it all went back downhill. Yeah. I was just going to point out two instances where that where they gave me false hope. <laughs> so they had one towards, I'd say, around the seven, six, seven-minute mark where Steve Lapis said, if Villanova doesn't make a run, I'm going to be shocked. And then Villanova proceeds to make a run. They cut it to within 10. And then Justin Moore took a very ill-advised shot, which is a theme throughout the game. Not, not just him, everybody. But – Took a long two, missed it, and then St. John's goes on a 7 nothing run. So then it gets to 17 again. And then they make another run, which involved the sequence you mentioned, Eugene, with Swider making the three, get the turnover, and then they turned it over themselves. And with regards to those comebacks, or attempted comebacks, I should say, they just failed to stack a bucket and then a stop, a bucket and then a stop. And then if they did get the stop, they would turn it over immediately. And if they did get a stop. They would go down and just brick a shot, a very weird shot. They were back. They started taking some long twos in this game as well. I do not like that. No, stop with the long twos. I, Justin Moore was at it again with that, and I was not very happy. But I guess, I look, I get that the inside was not there all night. It was very apparent. They refused to drive, and when they did drive, they were getting stuffed. And guys at the rim were just standing there and just like pretty much mocking them as they tried to go up the layups. And then the threes weren't falling. So I guess indirectly the long two was the play, but I hate it. 
Yeah, if you're St. John's, we'll let Nova shoot that 24-7. Like, we'll give you a tough two, a long two at that. Just looking at the Nova side, you had Caleb Daniels. He had 16 points, three or seven from deep. Jeremiah Robinson Earl, he had 14 points and 17 rebounds, a double-double, which normally we'd be hyped about, but it was just a rough day at the office for him too, offensively, defensively. Mm -hmm. It just looked like he was the one getting bullied, and that's something that we haven't seen too much of, especially at, at all ever, honestly. Like, we're used to this guy dominating, but he right. was getting blocked at the rim a few times by guards. Like, it's just so uncharacteristic. The whole game was uncharacteristic. Colin Gillespie, four points, two of 12 shooting. You mentioned it, Chris, 0 for 8 from deep. Justin Moore only had nine points, three of 11. The starting five struggled from the floor. The bench provided a few bright spots. Eric Dixon, mm-hmm. he had that three and the NAND one. Six points. Cole Swider finished with six points. Slater had a couple steals. Other than that, rough day for the starting five. Yeah. You can pick and choose as to like who had a who's who of worst games of their career. I mean, Samuels like was had a pretty uneventful night despite the recent success he's had. But he was he was worse than just one of six from the field and 0 of two from three. He was at the rim several times and just lost the ball. He would just get it swatted out. I'm just like, what 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 happened? Like, did we use a we playing with Vaseline on our hands or something? I it was just so weird. And that's credit to St. John's defense. They know how to knock the ball out. And that was that was shocking because I thought look, I don't want to say he's a bad player. I mean, he's not a bad player, but I'm just saying we always seem to get a little overhyped with him when he puts together a couple of good games. And the next thing you know, he turns back into a pumpkin. This could just be a blip. It, it very might well be. And he can go out against Georgetown and light the world on fire. And I would, I believe that will be the case. He's, he's a good player. So I, I don't know. I was just disappointed with him. I was disappointed with everybody, but him, his performance was especially bad. JRE, despite the 17 rebounds, he did have eight boards of the offensive variety. A lot of them were like long rebounds. Not that that's a bad thing, but it just seemed that it was more of a little bit of a luck factor. It wasn't so much of a boxing out thing. And like you said, Eugene, he did seem to get bullied at times. And then the rest of the starting lineup just seemed to like kind of, I don't want to necessarily say check out, but their body language was very bad toward the end of the game. And that was even pointed out in the broadcast too. I know, Chris, you hate sports cliches, and I hate them too because there's always a better way to describe what happened. But honestly, I could look at last night, and as I was sitting there, St. John's seemed like the team that wanted it more. It was just not a great – it didn't look great, obviously, gameplay-wise, but also just from a mental standpoint, just didn't really like Villanova's composure last night. Hopefully, this is a learning moment, and you know now we go into – the Georgetown game this Sunday, guns blazing, pitchforks, torches, and just you know scorched earth on the court. But this was a this was a tough loss, and a lot of people are upset. I don't think it's it's definitely not a panic button worthy loss. But no, there no. there were definitely some flaws and and some things. And let's start off by uh, never playing in Carnesec Arena ever again, and uh, <laughs> practice against the press because. Obviously, St. John's is great at what they do, and they pride themselves on defense, but that's not going to be the only team to dial up the pressure. Yeah, and I think you mentioned this last year, Eugene. I believe it was that Providence loss where they kind of laid a blueprint defensively as to kind of how to beat Villanova, and I'm not saying every team is going to press against Villanova, but if you have the dogs for it, why not try it? And Villanova's got to be ready for that from now on. Clearly provide a lot of problems. And yeah, let's avoid Karnaseka. That's the first, I didn't. I did not realize it was the first time since '94. 
we weren't even born yet. That's how long it's been. Yeah, Jay's never been there before until last night. Craziness. Yeah. Wild. Kerry Kittles was the leading scorer in that game, apparently. I know you asked me off air last time, and I was like, uh, probably before 2004, but nope, 1994. 94. <laughs> it's been a very long time. Chris, any last words on last night's game? Uh, I echo the same sentiments as you. I wish the bench played more. At least, you know, in, in that regard, could have got them at least more burn, and they seem to be doing a little bit more offensively. Like, keeping the starters out there was kind of the definition of insanity. You were thinking stuff was going to change, and it just wasn't. It was pretty apparent. The guys did so, seem frustrated. They did they, seem frustrated. They seemed frustrated. Colin was extremely frustrated, and I don't blame him. But there were just so many ill-advised passes and unforced errors, and even the ones that were forced, they could have been avoided just the smarter ball movement. The ball movement wasn't there. It was very static at the top of the key. I think they had like one pick and roll all night. Uh, breaking the press was a chore and a half. The 10 second violations. I can't believe I'm still seeing those. But what can I say? Credit to St. John's. They came to play. They had a game plan. They executed and it worked to perfection. And we severely underrated it. And they might actually make some noise in the Big East the rest of the year. But let's yeah. not panic. Let's not panic. It's it's early February, so it's no no reason to think that this you know will just this can just go away like in a couple of days after the Georgetown game. You just don't know. Yeah, and we're not like the other ranked Big East team who also supposed to oh, be God. really good, but they've had a very rough last month. A very rough last. Month. <laughs> exactly. It, it's funny because Georgetown, we play next did us a favor last night by beating Creighton and maybe proving that Villanova isn't the biggest fraud in the conference <laughs> for at least the weekend. And then what's Georgetown's reward? Well, they get Villanova. Yeah, so. it was like, okay, the, the Villanova-St. John's game was ugly, but whoa, look over there. Look at that guy. <laughs> <laughs> right. Don't look at this look mess. At look at the other mess. Look at the other mess. <laughs> yeah, this, this guy. This yeah it's like different levels of embarrassment at school it's like one guy spilled his lunch all over himself and <laughs> the other one like showed up to school without any pants on and it's just what's what's worse honestly like creighton losing at home by seven to georgetown in a game i don't even think they led <laughs> and if they were it was very early on yeah not I, not good i would say my one last parting shot would be to just you know total props to mike anderson Earlier in the season, it wasn't looking too great for St. John's. Obviously, they weren't predicted to do much in the preseason poll, but here they are now 12-7. and We've contributed now to their winning streak, five straight for the Johnnies. They started to appear on some bubble watch lists after they went on after they beat Marquette, but now with this big win over Nova, if they continue this momentum, man, it's going to be some scary stuff. I'm looking forward to the rematch, February 23, tentatively scheduled. But something tells me Nova's not going to be as shell-shocked or a little bit more composed and hopefully a little more ready because, yeah, that, that press, Chris, I think we might have underrated it a little bit. It was one of those things that punched you in the mouth and it was like, all right, play on. Let's see yeah. it. Yep. Must have been fun as a St. John's fan to watch that. Uh, two things, though. 40 minutes before... of hell. 40 minutes of hell. <laughs> it, it, it was. <laughs> it, it really was. It, it's not an underestimate. <laughs> Cannot underestimate that again. Two things, though, before we move on, real quick, uh, that Greg Williams dunk, oh. the, that rim rocker at the beginning. Oh. 
I'm like, of uh, course, the guy with a back problem comes in. Yeah, has probably the biggest. Talk. I, I almost forgot <laughs> about that until so you just watched me. I, I think that was his like only contribution during the game, and that was that was that was nice. I was like, okay, okay. Yeah, that was his Skip only bucket cap. in his four minutes of game time. <laughs> <laughs> of course, it was. And then uh, second thing, silver lining though, Eugene, we've hit game thirteen. We did oh, it. Yeah, yeah. We you made it. You're right. We made it. You're right. Yeah. You know what? Yay. You know what? Yeah, we made it. We made it. You know what? Actually, that actually cheered me up a little bit. I can't lie. Yeah. Considering the, the month-long layoff and, you know, nothing is guaranteed, but now that we're postseason eligible, it would have stunk to be stuck on number 12 or something, especially with as good of a team as this. Right. As long as they got the number, I guess it's okay. Didn't think it would need a butt kicking like this, though. I was ready to use a double air horn. I was hoping. <laughs> <laughs> Keep and... Still undefeated in Big East and then celebrating the 13th game. 13th. But no, no, yeah. we'll just use it for the 13th game. No fanfare here, Eugene. So next up for the Cats is a game against the Georgetown Hoyas, a team we're very well familiar with. Donna asked us the last time, a little bit of a scheduling question, and there has been some musical chairs. Obviously, Nova was supposed to play Xavier this weekend. First Big East official said the game's still on. I don't know how. Apparently it was, but then 12 hours later, canceled it or postponed it rather. And then there was a search for an opponent. Chris, we were hopping on the social media bandwagon. Give us Gonzaga. Give us the Zags. Mark Few, we'll meet you wherever. And after last night, I'm kind of glad we didn't do that. But instead, we oh, are yeah. playing Georgetown, and it's always fun to beat up on a rival. And hopefully we can, but after last night, I kind of don't want to take anyone for granted. And they're just coming off of a win against Creighton. Coming off a win against Creighton and Providence, too. Right out of COVID lockdown, they've come out of the gate soaring, beating a decently okay Providence team. I guess that's a nice way to put it. And, and this somehow free-falling Creighton team. And now they get a somewhat wounded Villanova team on the road. If they can get back-to-back road wins against the two top teams in the conference, that's a heck of a turnaround right there for a team that looks completely lost for, I'd say, 90% of the season. Yeah, maybe the COVID lockdown helped them, you know, find themselves. Like, I don't know what they did, you know, whether it was some Tai Chi or some meditation or whatever it was. But before the break, (laughs) they had a five-game losing streak. And like you mentioned, Chris, now it's back-to-back dubs for the Hoyas. Yeah, and some of those losses were just not pretty. I mean, you listen to Syracuse, Butler, Marquette, Seton Hall, St. John's, and then they won their last win before the Providence game was December 13th. So they went almost a whole – they actually did. They went more than a whole month without a win. Now, granted, obviously, the COVID lockdown factored into that. But they hadn't won for a whole month, month and a half. And now they follow it up with back-to-back performances like that. A little scary. Just a little bit, especially after the way Villanova looked against St. John's. But I don't know. I don't think it happens again. Do you think lightning strikes t- twice for the Hoyas? No, no. It's, nah. We can't lose to the Hoyas. That, that's nah, just, it can't happen. Can't happen. Can't, you can't afford it, man. Cannot. And the game's at Nova, right? Yes. Yes, it is. Back home. Okay. So that makes me feel a little bit better. It does. It does. Georgetown is coming in, limping a little bit. Yeah, they won back-to-back games, but they're just 5-8 and eight overall. They're in 5 in Big East play. Chris, remind the listeners out there, 
Last time we played December 11, Big East opener, which now seems like an eternity ago. Mm-hmm. It was one of those games where Georgetown gave Nova fits, gave him a run for the money through the first half, and then classic Villanova fashion. I don't know what that was. We were hoping it would happen again last night, but didn't. Yep. But Nova just monster second half, pulled away, won by double digits. What can we expect from this Georgetown team? Refresh our memory. Who are some names we should watch for? And what do you think is going to happen? What are the keys here? Yeah, sure thing, Eugene. Uh, before I dive into Georgetown, though, I just want to make mention that, yeah, that that last Georgetown game was kind of what I was thinking with the St. John's game. Terrible first half, and even though Villanova was down 13 the Georgetown last time they played at half, they were only down three to St. John's, and I was hoping for that sort of that big second-half turnaround, which is what we've been accustomed to over the past few years, and it just didn't happen. But that was the exact game I had in mind, and Obviously, it did not happen. But some of the big players for Georgetown, it's Jamarco Pickett. Uh, and last time out against Villanova, he dropped 16. He had a lot of shots early on before kind of fading down the stretch, just like the rest of the Georgetown team when they, when they only put up 17 points in the second half. You also got Javon Blair, who had a pretty good game against Creighton last night. Dropped 22, <laughs> went 5 of 8 from deep. He always finds a way to give Villanova problems. And he did drop 11 last game against Villanova, maybe not the most efficient way. But he always just finds, and especially last year, though, he always finds a way to become a problem. He got Cutis Wahab, and I wasn't sure if he's a full-time starter yet, because against Providence, he wasn't starting, came off the bench, I guess because it was due to COVID. But then he did start against Creighton and had a, had a decent game, had 12 points, eight boards. So he's another guy to look out for. And another guy I want to highlight who didn't seem to be much of a factor the last time these two teams played. He only had five points, and that's Trudy Bile. He's a senior forward, and he's kind of had a, couple of good games back to back here against Providence he drops he dropped 19 and against Creighton he dropped 17 and he hadn't eclipsed 10 points for basically the entire year with the exception of two games early on in December so look out for those guys and if Trudy or Bio can get going Villanova might be in a little bit of trouble same thing with him reinvigorated himself after that COVID break probably found himself probably you know put up some extra shots but he's been playing very well in these back-to-back wins for the Hoyas so what do you think happens, Chris? Do you think Nova gets back on track? Do we stumble again? What are your feelings? What are your thoughts? And who's your man to watch for? Yeah, if Villanova's going to win this game, they got to keep the turnovers at a, at a minimum. I mean, we know they've been so good at it this whole year. And may, I'm sure the St. John's game will just be the outlier. But if they want to win this one, they're going to have to keep the ball. And they only turned it over seven times against Georgetown and forced 12. And that's how you're going to win these games. So I expect Caleb Daniels and to come out firing. And I think that's because he had a really good game against Georgetown last time. He dropped 18, went 5-9 from 3. And I guess by the definition of best game, he did have the best game against St. John's out of the starting five. So I think he'll build on a little bit of that momentum. And I'm not saying he's necessarily due for a good performance because I don't necessarily believe he'll do. But I do believe that there is something to be had where you play good against one team very well. And he seems to do that against Georgetown, at least off one game. I know small sample size and all that, but I think he'll replicate that type of performance. And I think they're going to need him to step up. He's been someone off since they all came back from COVID lockdown. So I think you need someone to step up big time and kind of right the ship. And they're going to, I think it's going to fall on the shoulders of a uh, transfer. I'm looking at you, Jeremiah Robinson Earl. I'm hoping the big man could get back on track. Yeah, he had a double-double last time out, but it wasn't exactly his greatest performance on both ends of the court. 
We're going to need him. He wasn't that big of a factor scoring-wise against Georgetown last time out. He only had nine points. So I'm hoping he can pack a little bit more of a scoring punch this time, lock down on D, because we're going to need him against the big boys like Jamarco Pickett and Cutis Wahab. If you stop those two, good things are going to happen. And this Chudier Bao guy, kind of, a, kind of a little wrench in the plans here because wasn't really a, a factor in anything earlier in the year. But these last two games, looks like they got another forward to lean on. Yeah, he could definitely spell Pickett in the sense that, you know, he can hit some shots that maybe he won't be able to. Spread the floor, give yourself another option. It's just another It's another thing to worry about, and that's not necessarily good for Villanova. So I don't know if they did a little switcheroo on us, but I'm, I'm looking at this right now. And this game, like we mentioned, it was, it was scheduled in the last minute. That didn't change. Sunday, 2.30 p.m., Super Bowl appetizer, a little precursor, maybe the start of a double feature. But I don't think it was on CBS Sports Network before, but now it's listed on CBS Sports Network. So it looks like we're coming back, digging up that channel guide, and we are going to be back on CBS Sports Network for Sunday. Well, speaking of trends, that doesn't trend well. (laughs) Was it not Fox? Like, I thought we talked about this yesterday. I'm pretty sure it said Fox yesterday. Now it says CBS Sports Network. Maybe I'm hallucinating. I don't know. Uh, it's very possible. You know how the biggie scheduling works nowadays. They change everything last second. You sure it's CBS Sports? Because I got I don't see anything right now where it's on, listed on Villanova Basketball's schedule page. It now uh, says CBS Sports Network. That would be why, because I am not there. So I'll go with the official Villanova page, and that does not. That's not good. <laughs> not does because of the production or anything. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Hope Oof. not. I, I hope not either, Eugene. It's one thing against the surging St. John's team, but then it's another against Georgetown. It can't have that happen. No. Villanova has prevented a underdog from having a really good week, back, back-to-back back weeks. Hopefully they'll go for a third time. Now let me ask you a quick question. Do you check the weather oh, for Sunday? Are we going to have another Sunday? <laughs> <laughs> the, 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 the Providence game started at 2.32, right? Yes, it did. Uh, well, I, whatever they do... They should just have a guy up there with the curtain and just get have it ready. <laughs> Patrick Ewing's ready to use that excuse when he can. He's going to need a timeout. He's going to be like, whoa, can't, can't see, can't see. <laughs> we'll see you guys in two hours. You know how in Toy Story, Sid used the freaking magnifying glass to like kind of like burn the toys. Like maybe you can get someone up there and like shine, it starts shining it on them. <laughs> they feel a little hot and they're like, oh, why do I feel so hot right now? And then it throws them off their game. You're pretty funny. I just did a quick weather search. It says partly cloudy, so I think we're good. All right. So everyone, everyone's happy now. Yeah, Hooray. No complaints. No complaints. Just in Hooray case they took down the curtain. Right. <laughs> no one has to be on call. So Villanova saves some overtime bucks, I guess. Once again, games this Sunday against Georgetown, not Xavier, not Gonzaga, 2.30 p.m. Catch it on CBS Sports Network. We'll be watching. I feel a comeback, a bounce-back win, just because Nova, they don't really lose back-to-back games. But we'll see what happens on Sunday. Chris, now it's time to pop open the mailbag and answer some questions. We don't have a lot, but we got a few. First set is from our guy, Jerry Quinn. Shout-outs to Jerry. Jerry, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I was thinking about it, and I feel like we're going to need like our sound editor to dig back in the archives. But I feel like I had a, a slip last week or at some point when you're asking us, do you think Nova will go undefeated in Biggie's play? And I think as an example, I said, you never know what's going to happen. Sometimes you get caught by those random losses. 
And then I'm pretty sure I said, like, you play St. John's on a Tuesday night and you'll lose. (laughs) (laughs) I think I just spoke into existence by accident. I was a day off, but I think I I did something there. Some mojo. You put put it out there and therefore it it returned the favor. Yeah, but uh, I really hope that's not the case. I was starting to buy into it, especially when Creighton was having some struggles. I thought Nova could probably come back in the second half, but that didn't happen. But oh well, still number one in the Big East, so can't complain. Jerry's first question, are we suffering from COVID lag? Chris, was this COVID lag? No, I think they just got caught with their pants down by a great game plan by the opponent. And the press got to them, and they just hadn't faced the defense like that before. And, well, maybe Texas, but they took care of the ball much better in that game for what I remember. And, I don't know, probably just got caught sleeping Wednesday night. Nine o'clock, late start on the road, various factors, couldn't hit an open shot. I don't think it's COVID. I think it was just a bad, bad day all around. Yeah, I got to credit St. John's here. I think it was just kind of a perfect storm between St. John's suffocating defense to them hitting three pointers, which normally doesn't happen, to Nova struggling to hit his shots. And great game by Posh Alexander. Julian Champagne was a non factor scoring wise until the very end. And then, of course, he provides the daggers. So I don't think it was really COVID lag. I think it was just getting beat by a team that was hungry. And unfortunately, their game plan was just a little bit better and they executed it a lot better than Nova did. Second one from Jerry. Can we shake off this performance before the Hoya game on Sunday? Chris, I think we're in agreement. I think we can. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, one of the other cliche mottos this team has is, you know, next play or whatever it was. was it, attitude, what the official attitude, attitude. Attitude, yes. Yeah. Attitude. Oh, God, wow. Yeah, attitude, come on, yes. man. <laughs> right. Sorry, I had a late night last night. Yeah, you're, right, you're, right, you're right. It was right. – so if there is ever a team to not get burned back-to-back games by inferior opponents on paper, it's this team. So I think they'll be fine. And his last question is, do you know anyone rooting for Brady and Tampa Bay to win? Chris, I know you're not. No, God, no. I – for all intents and purposes, the season ended two weeks ago for me. Um, <laughs> what about you? Yeah, I'm personally rooting for Patrick Mahomes. I mean, how can you not? And the Chiefs. And, of course, we got Tano Passanio, Nova alum, representing former second-round draft pick. He's already got one Super Bowl ring with the Chiefs last year, and I hope he can go back-to-back. I hope they can all go back-to-back and we can get some more Nova football representation. But just in case you don't have any rooting interests, Maybe you like Mahomes, but if you want a little more added motivation, we're for our guy, Tano, representing the Cats. Exactly. Exactly. Back-to-back championships for that guy. That's wonderful. And then he becomes a free agent after this year, and he can get paid the bag. That's a pretty good three years for him right there. <laughs> yeah, Tano's a beast, and the man deserves yeah. it. man deserves yeah. it. Certainly does. But, yeah, no, no one's rooting for Brady. I've ruined for him three times, and he's lost all three times in Super Bowl. And I'm not saying him, his team, football, the team game. Of course, he couldn't do me a favor, though. <laughs> but, uh, oh, well, I, his defense will probably pick off Mahomes like five times, and he'll still win MVP because he threw a 10-yard touchdown to Gronk, and Center will lose its mind, and there you go. Yeah, we'll say there's been a lot of – Tampa Bay interest, though, in my backyard just because of Valley Marpet. 
there's there are too many feel good stories. Yeah, there are too many feel good stories on Tampa Bay. But this guy coming from a small town, I played against him in high school. Gladly gave two sacks to him. But going from D three, which is definitely not heard of, wasn't recruited coming out of high school by any D one guys. Turned heads at the Senior Bowl in the Combine. Got drafted in the second round. Became a starter. Got the bag a couple years ago. What was it, Chris? Like $50 million? Something like that. He was like the highest. It, it was a lot. Yeah. It was a lot for a guard, yeah. And now here he is representing the 914 in the Super Bowl. I personally, though, will be rooting for the Chiefs. But I guess if he wins, that'd be a great story. It, w- it would be for your area, Eugene. That's for sure. Eugene, I remember the day you got drafted and you pointed out to me that you had played against them in high school and we realized that we're sitting in Falvey trying to do whatever work we were doing and that man just got drafted and making millions of dollars. And we're like, wow. <laughs> that's that's when it kind of started to sink in that we're getting a little little older. Yeah. Yeah. What was I think it was like midterm week, so it wasn't even a fun week. It, <laughs> it was uh yeah, it has been yeah, midterm week. Yeah, April. Actually, no, it might have been around finals. April, May. But it was when the draft is. But, yeah, it was, it was not a fun week. That I remember. But just to clarify, they, they're probably not rooting for Brady, just for Ali Marpet and Tampa right. Bay. If they just so happen to win, there's a nice backstory to it. But, you know, Tano's our guy. Shout-out to Tano. Shout-out to Tano and the Chiefs. Let's see if they go back-to-back. But, Chris, I guess this is a perfect time to ask you, what's your Super Bowl prediction? Oh, man. Oh, you weren't ready for this one. Wow. All right. I got Chiefs 31-27. Wow, I had uh, Chiefs 31-21. Oh, you got a double-digit win. Yeah. Nice. I predict Brady throws a pick to end the game. with a chance <laughs> to win. And you'll hear Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth go – Absolutely bananas if Tom Brady gets the ball back with under three minutes to go to win the game. Similar to uh, to the Eagles Super Bowl, and he fumbled that one away, and hopefully he'll throw a pick here and it'll end it. Or actually, you know what? Screw it. Tano gets a game-ending sack. Sack fumble. Chiefs recover. Chiefs need out. 31-27 Chiefs win. I was going to say something crazy like, Brady throws a pick to the Honey Badger. Honey Badger runs it down, fumbles it. <laughs> Tano is hustling because well, what else is Nova good for? I mean, come on. And then right. D lineman happens to be there, right place, right time, scoops the ball up and scores. Beautiful thing. Chiefs oh, go nice. home. Chiefs, Chiefs go home with the trophy. Tano, the hero. And yeah, he single handedly destroys Brady. What <laughs> <laughs> would, would be the best of all worlds there, Eugene? Yeah, there's the D- David Tyree helmet cast, and then there's Tano scoop and score. Uh, both times the Packers could have been the other representative in that game but of course thank you for digging up some old memories thank you very much just keep digging into it you can just just pick any Tom Brady Super Bowl appearance and I can I can give you why the Packers should have been in it either against him or instead of him and every single year every single year I can do it (laughs) I will. I can write a whole dissertation on it. It's okay. I could be a, get my doctorate and whatnot. All right, now I'm just rambling. Let's right. let's move on to bigger and better things. <laughs> it's all right. That's all the time we have for today. But thank you so much for listening to the State of the Nova Nation. I know we got the Super Bowl, but 
nice little appetizer on Sunday. So I'm looking forward to that. So check back at foryourhoops.com. We're going to have the preview. We're going to have the recap. We're going to have some stuff, some content, as always. So check back, check often. Follow the pod. Please subscribe on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, Megaphone, Podbean. You got many, many options. Please subscribe to View Hoops or State of the Nova Nation and should be able to find the show. Please follow viewhoops.com on social media. Like our page on Facebook. Follow us at View Hoops. That's good for Twitter and Instagram. And you can follow me, Eugene Repay, at Repay 5 And I'm Chris Tanzi out. I got nothing. Just stay safe, everybody. Nova Nation, tough one last night. No denying that. But it's onwards and forwards. Let's get this win on Sunday. And hopefully we can eat a lot of pizzas and have a good Super Bowl feast to celebrate or just kind of digest with. Let's beat those Hoyas. Let's get this win. Only minor setback, but I'm feeling a big comeback on Sunday.